It's wild, man. It's been uh, been out of practice. It's been a couple weeks since I've done an episode myself. All right, so beginning in three, two, one. Well, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the... Did I say that? No, it's welcome. Okay. It's rusty. We'll try again. <clears throat> three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am rejoined by Alan Stott. Alan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, Steve Damon. <laughs> a little rusty. Uh, thank you, Justin and Sergio, for carrying the podcast uh, during my my transition. just worked out perfectly, so I was able to move into my new house and get everything set up. But um, I don't know if I, I'll keep it in the opening blooper, but totally botched the opening. But uh, anyway, just bear with me, Alan. Um. So real quick, um, and I know we're not playing dodgeball, but just on the off chance people are listening to for the first time, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me your full name again and the team you currently play for, or I guess would have played for or belong to. <laughs> okay. So I'm Alan Stott. Um, I am currently on Havoc for co-ed and for open. Um, the past six years I was on um, – I was on Rise of Brutality from San Diego. Um, but yeah, now I'm on Havoc. Nice. And I'm assuming that's not going to change until next year. It's fair to say you'll, you'll um, be on Havoc. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm pretty pretty loyal to my teams usually. And I, as far as I know, we're still going to be a team. So so yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be there. Gotcha. Well, the only question I want to ask that I normally ask everybody now is, because uh, I don't think we covered it when I first had you on two years ago, but uh, what what is your number? What is my number? Yes. <laughs> like my phone number, Steve Damon? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Yeah, so, we'll get there. so the number is 07. Um, I mean, or any version of that. You can go 007, you can go 7, you can go 07. So. And any reason for that? Any reason for that? Um, no, no, not really. I, um, I just didn't, I, just, I didn't have a number growing up, like playing baseball. I didn't have a number that was my favorite. I mean, I, I always liked the number 23 and 32, but, but when I got into dodgeball for whatever reason, I, I went with seven and I, and I just stuck with it and it, it felt, it felt lucky. So lucky number seven, I guess, but, uh, but it felt lucky. And I also noticed that, that a lot of other really solid players were rocking the same number. So, so, um, maybe it was part in tribute to, to some other solid players as well that were the number. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I think, uh, so I'm doing something relatively new. Um, the, the approach that I've had when it came to, um, the podcast was, well, when I first started, you had Vince, Mark, and Dave Benedetto doing their thing. It was the Golden Syndicated Podcast. And you also had um, the Book of Dodgeball with David Tates. And so I had this rule where if you'd been featured on the podcast um, on one of those, I'd kind of stay away from you, give other people a chance to, to voice their their uh, you know their, their story and whatever the conversation went. And so by bringing you back, it's cool because I can kind of just skip right to the chase and get to the crowdsource questions. Um and also focus on the one thing I've been wanting to talk to you about for, for several weeks now, 
um, which is kind of cool. So we'll see how it goes. And then um, for those of you that are interested, so the full interview that I had with Mr. Stout was back in oof, 20, I think the latter part of 2017, actually, or early 2018. But it's basically, it's season two, episode four. And um, one of the coolest things I thought was at the beginning of that season, you said that um, Rise had not been in the championship in some time and that was not okay. And then you fast forward and holy crap, you guys won. So I thought that was cool. So if you, you can, you want to go back and, and hear that more than welcome to, but um, I guess what we'll do, man, is we'll, we'll just kind of go into what I want to talk to you about. So COVID has been, you know, an issue for a lot of people. It's been a showstopper on many, many fronts. Um, a lot of gyms have shut down. Um, ironically, I'm talking to you as you're inside a gym right now. And I think one thing that people can notice about you or take note is just the fact that you've been very, very, very incredibly motivated and doing a lot of home workouts. And I mean, you're, you're just, you're ripped, man. Like what, when did that start? Just, just kind of walk me through that. When did that start? Okay. Um, so for those of you who know me, um, the last, uh, season of dodgeball that we played in was, was kind of a rough one for me. Um, I was having a lot of, a lot of issues with mental health and, and a lot of issues with my health and, and just a lot of, a lot of different things going on. And, and one of the things that, that I kind of realized that I had lost, um, over the years was, was my love for working out and for spending time in the gym. So, so I kind of had a seed planted with that, um, just knowing that I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be, um, physically or, or with mental health. And I knew that that exercise could definitely make the difference for me. Um, and then, so that seed was kind of planted with that. And then I, um, I got word that I was being let go of, uh, of San Diego rise, which I had been on that team for, for six years. And we won three national championships and, and spent a lot of time with that team and uh and didn't really see this coming um but yeah so i was let go and uh, that was just added extra motivation to to get into the gym and to and to better myself because because i was told the reason that they were going with somebody else was because their careers were getting near an end and they wanted the best possible opportunity to win now hmm. So basically they told me that that wasn't with me. And, um, and part of me was like, okay, how I am now. Yeah, you're probably right. But, but this isn't what I am. So, so I decided right there that I was gonna, I was going to change something. And, um, when you decide to change something about your life, then, then you start to attract people who are, who are motivated as well and people who are kind of like-minded in that way as well. Um, so I, I started working out with a friend. I started doing, um, started with a hundred pushups a day and that was, that was what they were doing. So I decided I was going to do a hundred today and that kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. And then, and then after maybe about a week, I was like, you know what? hundred pushups a day isn't enough. So I, I bumped it up to 200 pushups a day <clears throat> and and just getting in that routine of doing something active, um, it really, it really got the ball rolling at that point. 
because because after a while I realized I can't just be doing push-ups, obviously. But but then but then everything started to lock down and things started to get crazy and and then I couldn't go to a gym and so I had to get creative at home. So I started getting creative at home and I started working out every single day and I continued to do 200 push-ups every single day and I did did that for six or seven months every single day I didn't skip a single day of 200 push-ups and of course I started to add other things as well and but that was what was really got me going in the first place was just picking a goal this is what I'm going to do doing that and then compounding on that and um and I mean, it, it hasn't, hasn't been easy to work out every day, but I also noticed that, that as I'm working out every day, I feel so much better. I feel so much better about myself. My self-confidence is just shot through the roof. I, I just feel so much better. And, and I attribute that to, to working out. And um, so, so why wouldn't I want to like keep going with that? You know, why wouldn't I want to keep feeling better? Why wouldn't I want to keep being physically at the top of, whatever game that I want to be at the top of. Right. Yeah. That's a, uh, it's something that I, I wish I could put into words, like what I'm trying to hone in on. Um, I'll probably have to ask you a few times until I get it right. If you don't mind, I want to go back to what you said about, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a difficult spot mentally, emotionally. Um, a lot of people can get sucked into that. They don't, they don't crawl out of it. And it's, I use the term crawl because the way I picture it, you're, you're in quicksand, you're in a pit and you know, it's, it's just hard to see a way out. And the only way to get out is to, this is going to sound cheesy, but to claw your way out, as I said earlier, and it's just a struggle and it's, it's easy to give up. It's easy to slip back into it. Um, it's like the freaking Star Lake pet, you know, pit of, uh, you know, from Star Wars, just, I'm trying to lighten it up a little bit. What, um, <laughs> I mean, you made it sound simple. You just said, okay, one day I decided I'm going to start training physically again because you had a relationship with weightlifting in the past being conditioned um what, what were what were some of the moments like when first of all let me slow down did you ever have moments where you're like this isn't working like you were doing 100 push-ups a day did you ever just like say what am i doing this for i still feel like crap i want to quit um or was it just 100 miles an hour non-stop i've i've been really focused with with fitness and it's like unlike anything that i've like ever really been focused on it's it's things that i'm doing with my body and and that doesn't involve too much thinking it doesn't involve too much getting in your own head it's it's you have your body and you can just go and do things and you just have to to make up your your mind to do that and you have to realize that if you change, if your mindset changes, if you change, then everything can change about you. Everything. And, uh, and that's kind of what, what, um, working out kind of does for me. It, it just, it's, it's making me the best version of myself. I feel like, and, and I, why would I want to be a worse version of myself? I don't know. It was one of those things where you just, you pick a small goal. And for me, it was push-ups. You pick a very small goal, an obtainable goal, and you start doing it. And then after a while, you you start to just have a hunger for more. As you start to see results, as things start to get better, as um, as you start to get stronger, then then you're like, you know what? Like, I can do more. 
I can do more. And then you add more. And then you've already gotten the ball rolling with that easy, simple, obtainable goal. Right. And that's that's where I started. And and I mean, I've it's been up and down for me. I mean, I I've had a couple of injuries since I started this and working out with injuries is not easy to do. <laughs> yeah. It's, you- it's one of those it's one of those things where you have to, where you have to like look at, at not necessarily what you're good at doing, maybe what you're bad at doing, but what you can do and focus on that. And that's incredibly hard to do is to focus on the things that you're not good at. Yeah. I like what you said about it's your body. I mean, cause that's, um, you know, when I'm looking at what's that, you got to take ownership for it. Yeah, exactly. And when I looked at like things like how do I best prepare for basic training or how do I get ready for OCS or how do I get ready for all this crap? And they say like, well, the one thing you can help is your physical fitness. Like you can, you can study all you want. Um, but nothing's going to prepare you for the stress that's going to come your way. Uh, it's just going to happen. You you have to give up your freedom. You have to, you know, be treated like crap for a while and it's going to suck. But the one thing you can make life easier on yourself is, to train so do push-ups run because that's the one thing you can help um and i don't want to try to simplify it for those that do have physical ailments um those that can't run those who have asthma or what have you but for the most part there is something physical that you can do i feel that does wonders for you even even going outside and just getting you know vitamin d from the sun could do wonders just a simple walk can do wonders and um i totally feel that like you you get into this slump and for me, I feel like I do this like cyclic, like every, every four months I'm, I'm running high and then I just eat, whoops. And then, uh, <laughs> I got to start all over again and, uh, <laughs> dang it. You know what? Actually I lost my clean label. Thank you. Um, uh, freaking Nate Kreider for cussing up a storm. So, I mean, I'm up, I'll, I'll believe that out, but I just realized I was looking at my iTunes label and saw that's gone. So, um, but anyway, you know, life, life happens. Um, and you got to claw yourself out and, I've seen a lot of people transform themselves, um, not just physically, but just emotionally, mentally. They've, um, my own cousin posted something really awesome on Instagram. It was a picture of a Banner Health Hospital and she worked across the street as a, as a salon. Um, I don't know if she was a hairstylist, but she worked at the, at the salon and she thought never in her wildest dreams would she ever get a, a, a career as a nurse, but she decided one day to just buckle down, put her head down sacrifice the outing sacrifice all the fun comforts study and she's actually lo and behold assigned to that hospital and she posted that the other day i was like man that's that's insane like what you can do when you put your mind into something and with her it wasn't so much the physical aspect it was just taking step by step can i get some get some classes done can i get enrolled into nursing school can i pass the nclex can i do do all these things and with you it's 100 push-ups i remember seeing that too i was like oh man something there's something up with Alan right now. Like it's, you know, you, you, you post your typical weird stuff on Facebook, but something clicked. I could tell that, that we, this wasn't going to be always see from you. And, um, it's been annoying, but it's also been frustrating or not frustrating, motivating. And I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time it was Saturday morning and, uh, I, I get these like little, I don't know if they're like bouts of anxiety, but I would, I just get into these, these moods where I don't want to get out of bed for any reason. I've got a million things to do. And I just don't want to, you know, I just want to go back to sleep and do it's easy and stay in bed. And, um, one of my sergeants that I work with, he posted or he texted me cause he had just taken the new army combat fitness test and he scored pretty high. 
He's like, hey, sir, uh, check out the score I got. I was like, nice. I should probably go to the gym now because I'm just being a fat piece of crap right now in my bed, whining about how hard life is. And then I see you running in the freaking 115 degree weather wearing a, a, a weight vest. And I was like, this, this mother, like, that's it. I'm going, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go flip a tire and hit it with a hammer until I don't feel sad anymore. And my God, man, I felt so good um, after getting that exertion out. I got to the point where like, I don't even know what my problem was. Like I couldn't get out of bed today. Like that was stupid. Like this, this helped. And, um, if I wish I can go to every single friend of mine, every person I know that has had that moment of I'm done, I'm done feeling this way. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to start doing pushups. Like I, I wish I knew what was going on in the headspace. I just want to sit there and watch, you know what I mean? Um, with you again, the being, uh, cut from rise when it sounds like, you know, you, you probably, that's probably not the best time to be released. Right. I, you can still tell there's some for, uh, and if I may be so bold, some bitterness there, but instead of, yeah. instead of hating on people, you've turned that into something I say pretty awesome. You've decided to pursue fitness. You've become a trainer now, or you're becoming a trainer. I'm a, I'm a trainer. I've been a trainer for, um, month and a half maybe almost two months now man that's awesome man i mean you could you can sulk and and feel sorry for yourself and and victimize and and, and play the the blame game or you can take that rage and turn it into something positive and i feel like that's what you've done and in order to to see it just look at you man like you're you're disgusting like it's how could alan get more fit oh, well look at his stupid shirtless instagram photos like dude stop stop shaming <laughs> all of us man I just do it on Instagram now. That's it. Thank God. I think I even said that too. I was like, oh no, no. If you want Trillis Allen, go to Instagram. You'll you'll get it all day long, whether you want to or not. And then uh yeah, I'm just <laughs> eating my third bowl of Chipotle. I'm like, well, I'm doing this to myself, so I'm really just jealous. <laughs> but um, I don't wanna I don't wanna downplay the fact that that I had somebody who also helped get me motivated, like somebody who was who was a friend of mine who was already doing hundred push ups. Right. And because of like I, I told him, I said, I want you to hold me accountable tomorrow. Like you're already doing this. You already have this lockdown. You have the strength to do this. I don't tomorrow. Make sure I do my pushups. So how did that work? And how did that work? Yeah. I mean, they he... would, either I would do the pushups with them or they would text me and remind me to do my pushups and say, I have this many hours till the end of the day or whatever to get my pushups done. And, and, uh, so we were just holding each other accountable for it. And uh, because a lot of times you can't do things on your own. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do on our own, but a lot of times there, you can't do everything on your own, you know? Yeah. So um, again, I'm, I'm going to hone in on this until I feel like I've beaten it to death. And even then I'll still ask the uh, ball out guys to, to cover it and, figure out what this is. So give me an example. Like, so you do hundred pushups a day. It doesn't know how it ought to be at once, right? Just as long as you do your hundred. Yeah. So, so originally like when I first started, I mean, I hadn't done like a solid amount of pushups in years and years and years and years. So I was like, maybe for a max, like 40, the next one was like, the next time I tried to do it was like 20. And then it was like 15 and it just kept going down and down and down until I couldn't hardly do any pushups. And that was like, that was right off the bat. That's how I would do that. But then I noticed that like I was starting to knock out bigger and bigger chunks at one time. And it's like within like a week or two, I was, I was hitting, hitting 
two sets of, of 50 and being done with it. And it's like, that's too easy. I got to do something else. All right, we're going to do 200 pushups a day. So then I bumped it up to 200 pushups a day. And I got to a point where, where I could do 71 pushups. No, it was 75 pushups in one minute. And I was touching the ground and I was locking out every single time. And it was just because I was just doing it every day. Nice. Just doing it. Yeah. So, and, and the chunks, like I said, they got larger and larger and larger to a point where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm almost doing a hundred pushups and then almost doing a hundred pushups again. And it's like 10 minutes later. <laughs> so that's, that's crazy. I mean, from your first day of doing 15, 20, 10 to I want more, this isn't enough. And it just shows yeah. like what the, what the body's capable of doing once you put it to work and you find that whatever it takes mentally to make you just to, to do what you need to. When you, um, when you were having those days where like, I don't feel like doing it anymore. I mean, was it, were your, were your buddies just, was he just saying, Hey, Hey, just get it done. Or like, what was he using to, to keep you honest? It was actually a girl. Um, oh. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's super fit. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it, it didn't take much. I knew, I knew what I wanted and I knew what I was working towards. And I knew that like, that I was going to bring the best version of myself into the next season. And that was, and that was just, I mean, it doesn't take much convincing when you have your mind made up, like it doesn't take much convincing, you know? And so, so this friend was just, was just there every day helping me out. And uh, because of that, it, it built a routine and then, and now I'm here. <laughs> now you're here. Um, I feel like it's like, it's just starting to like, this isn't, it's, it's far from over. Oh, right? yeah. <clears throat> oh definitely. Th th yeah. This is definitely far from over. It's um, like, like I said, like I, I hurt myself and because of that, like I'm going to take my biggest weaknesses, which aren't what I hurt <laughs> and, and I'm going to blow those up and I'm going to work on those so hard every single day until they are not even close to weaknesses. And, and I'm going to be a completely different person. So that's, that's my goal. That's the plan. Yeah. When, um, I mean, we're still kind of in shutdown. I mean, gyms are slowly starting to open up right now, but the fact that you're able to pull off what you did without the gym really just says, okay, uh, there's no real excuse. So to kind of help that, what, what were you doing around the house for workouts? What was I doing for workouts? Yeah. When you moved on past okay. pushups, uh, <laughs> so pushups was huge. Um, I mean, you can't just do push, 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 push every day, though. Like you have to, you have to do some pull motions as well. Otherwise, it's going to really affect your posture. It's going to round your shoulders because your chest is going to be too tight, and then your back muscles aren't going to be strong enough. So it's going to mess with your posture a little bit. Um, so I had to start doing some pulls as well. So I started doing pull ups. Um, and that was kind of like the next step, the next thing that I started doing. Um, and then I had some 25 pound dumbbells, like not even that heavy of dumbbells. And I started working, working those in a little bit. And I had some like three and a half gallon water jugs and, and I had uh, a platform. I had like two, like, like wood and then like carpeted platforms that I could like use to do whatever on, I don't know, steps. Um, I could, I could do uh, box jumps. I could do all sorts of things with that. So, and then I had some bands and that was like, <laughs> that was it. That was it for like, 
yeah for for most of it and then um and then luckily like like right before or right after i can't remember if it was right before or right after i hurt my shoulder i got a weighted vest and that was so clutch for me because i was still i was still doing workouts at home so i had to get creative and so i started running with a weighted vest on <laughs> in arizona <laughs> and it was a really hot summer so so that was fantastic um still hot summer and then i started it's still hot yeah exactly <laughs> it's still a hot summer right um and then I started doing um, doing other workouts with the vest on. I started doing hills with the vest on, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So so it's been cool that like even though like I haven't had much of any gym time, like I've been in this gym for like like I said like a month and a half or two months working, but I've been able to work out in it like maybe four times, hmm. unfortunately. <laughs> But again, that just goes to show like if you're creative, ask for help, have an accountability buddy, uh, what you can accomplish is, is pretty, pretty massive. Um, 100%, 100%. And then also it's like, I mean, I do have a little, a little chip on my shoulder, a little uh, revenge that I'm trying to get as well. Yeah. So that's something that I'm working towards. No, and that's, um, I mean, we talked about it in an episode that Justin and I and DeMonte, I think we talked about it too before what was it? No, a month ago. It, it was some time ago. And it was, um, we're just like, yeah, I really want to see what Alan would unleash on, on, on the season. Um, it was an open second, threat. That's what it was. It, it was, yeah, it was an open thread. He, he basically, so, what's that? One second, one second. So no. for anybody who, who heard the last podcast that I did with you, it was nothing but like love for my team. Right. Nothing, nothing but passion for rise. Like, like I expressed that I loved that team. So to have them take that away from me, you can imagine that that sort of passion is going to be towards beating that team now. Well, I wish I, it's, a, it's the same passion. Did I timestamp so. it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I, I could, I could attest to that because you literally said, we've been out of the spotlight and that's not okay. And I'm going to work on fixing that. And I mean, obviously you didn't do it all by yourself, but to say you weren't impactful on bringing that win to them, uh, would be an injustice. So I'm kind of doing this too. Cause I want to go back to this, you know, next year and be like, all right, well, Alan said this and uh, let's see what happens. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an open thread that we had with uh, DeMonte and all them just talking about, Hey, what did you, what were, what were the things that you missed or look forward to the most that didn't happen this season? And I think I, I'd said something along the lines of, I wanted to see what Alan, I wanted to see the Alan rage and I wanted to see what it would have done, not just to rise, but just to anybody in general. Cause it's always good to see that motivation and that hunger and, and somebody with a purpose. Um, even if it's just dodgeball, it's still very satisfying, especially since I've known you since like what, 20, 2010 rampage Allen. So I'm curious, man. I'm curious to see what happens next year. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything I wanted to dig in more to or more about. It might come up in the in the crowdsource questions. So let me pull this up real quick and see. Uh... Oh gosh, some of these questions just please don't. <laughs> well, I have to. And, and well, speaking of please don't, so let's just start. Um, so Daniel Chamberlain asks, "Who is this new person in his love life?" 
what did they do for their first two dates and does she play dodgeball? And I said, this isn't TMZ, but I'm going to ask anyway. So you can pass right. or you can answer. Um, let's just say, I feel like, like with my new, like my new mindset, my new, um, just the new Alan, I'm, I'm drawing a lot more positive people to myself, <laughs> whether it's friendships or, or going on dates or things like that. And, um, so that's been a blessing, but I mean, I'm not going to go much, much further into that. So the person you're dating to went on dates with is a positive person. Oh, I, I'm never going to date a dodgeball player. <laughs> that's just, that's just probably not going to happen. It's, it's probably for the best, but, um, yeah, positive person. So that, that knows it down to like, you know, a million people in your, in your vicinity. Yeah, I know. I did a good job, right? Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, yeah. let me read the Twitch feed real quick because earlier when we were talking about your, uh, shirtless pictures, I think Markel had said, <laughs> Alan Stott over here, making me, making me feel fat and like Markel, you're not the only one, man. It's, it's all of us. <laughs> like, but, uh, I, I just, that was funny. Um, it is funny. <laughs> I'm still gonna eat my Chipotle, but dang it, Alan. Um, hey, hey, I eat Chipotle. <laughs> shut up. Just <laughs> let me have my excuses. And then, uh, he also said, unleash the beast. And then, um, see, I think, uh, uh, Jimmy Bizzle is with us too. Maybe some comments I'll share offline. Nothing bad, just not really relevant. Um, <laughs> no, I don't mean that in a bad way. We're just kind of talking about your, your, your beef with, uh, with rise, but I think that's going to show up in some of the questions that I got too. So, yeah. um, Rogelio Sanchez, um, asks, do you have a different approach technically and tactically? tactically when playing and with coaching um yeah yeah um when i'm playing i'm i can i can very much so be a just a re reactionary player where where i i have good reactions and i kind of just i rely on those and um whether that's good or bad sometimes um that's how I play sometimes. Um, so, so I would be a lot more slow and calculated, um, from a, from a coaching perspective. Um, but, but I would say over the years I've, I've learned to, to kind of put both aspects into my play where I can, can be a little bit more like slow and calculated, but then also I can just kind of go off of those reactions if I need to, depending on what we need in order to, to beat the team we're playing um so so as i'm as i became a coach actually i would say i i started to think a lot more tactfully and and near near the end of playing with rise i started to think a lot more tactfully and um and those are good places to learn those are good guys to learn from i mean rise has some of the best play calls and play callers in the game and has for years and years and years. So, I mean, I was lucky to learn, to learn some of that from them. And, um, I was lucky to, to be able to be in a situation where I could try to teach other people that sort of stuff as well. Um, because I mean, it helped me learn it a lot better. Um, so yeah. About rise. Um, so I think this is, uh, Kyle Warren. He came on the, the stream uh, he asks, how's the relationship with Rise since the breakup? Um, have you managed to keep those friendships? Um, I mean, I, 
I haven't talked to them too much since then. I mean, I've, I've talked to Jim a little bit here and there. Um, I, I, I think I actually may have, may have sent them, um, my before and after pictures. And I said, I'm coming for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they, they don't have any social media and I, and I wanted to show them, Hey, I, I wanted to let them know, Hey, I'm coming for you and I want you guys to be at your best. So, so if you're gonna, if you're gonna be like, if you're gonna be there, might as well be at your best. I mean, I don't want to play you guys and, and I've been working out super hard and then you guys have just kind of been living your lives. You know, I want to play you guys as you guys have been working out super hard too. Cause I want the best of you. Yeah. I'm sure that, that if they're not already motivated to stay in shape for just the fact that, you know, that that's Tim and Jim, you know, still holding on and, until the wheels come off. I'm pretty sure that probably motivated them some more. Um, so you guys are, you're not mortal enemies. You guys are for the most part still amicable, amicable, I guess, or um, to be determined. I mean, there's, there's different levels <laughs> of, of okayness, like with, with different people on, on the team. I mean, I'm not going to make any, any more drama than needs be, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, one thing I am excited about is when I came to rise, I was a right corner and that was like my game. I, I loved right corner. I came to rise and there's Tim. So left corner. <laughs> so I'm super excited that I'm going to be in the right corner. So I'm excited about that. Nice. Cool. Um, I don't know if that'll get brought up again, but we'll go to the wall. So during Bizzle, not a question, more of a general statement. Love you and keep pushing. How can you not love Jeremy Bizzle? That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> to which I replied, uh, Jeremy, yeah, that's 90% of this whole theme of the episode. So, uh, But also like testing stuff. So thanks for being a guinea pig. But um, Frenchie Wynn, he asks, how do you grow such a manly beard? Curious. Looks pretty thick right now. Looks good. It's uh, Looks like, Are you trying to bring it back? Or? It's mainly mustache right now. I actually just cut the beard. Um but yeah, I kept the mustache because why wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> I'd keep it if it was, so. if it was that thick. Let's see. Yeah. I'm curious about this one. This is an inside joke. Uh, Frenchie also asks, can you teach me your soul snatching ways? What does that mean? Ah, uh, yes. So, so I had been doing push-ups for like maybe just over a month or something like that. And we went to Sin City. And that was like the first time since I'd been putting in the work that I was going to be able to test out the work. <laughs> hmm. And um, and he was refing some of the games at Sin City. And I think some of the games that he refed, I proceeded to hit like six or seven people in a row in the chest and just take their souls. <laughs> and... Um, and like it seemed like every time he was refing, I just kept doing that to the other team. And uh, so it's kind of like an inside joke thing that he uh, he always talks about me snatching other people's souls because he saw me do it at Sin City. <laughs> I thought that was maybe uh, a David Goggins thing, but it sounds more like it's uh, oh, that's the guy from Mortal Kombat. Is that probably is, is that where you're going? <laughs> or just do, do you follow David uh, David Goggins at all? Oh, I don't think no. Okay, I'll I'll message you 
his info. Okay. That guy's a psychopath. Some things to catch up on. Yeah, I know he's a psycho, but he's also a testament to what the human body can accomplish when the mind has just said, "I'm done. Nothing's going to stop me. Um, we're doing this." Um, pretty, pretty motivating stuff. Not like you sound like you need it, but. I like to surround myself with as much noise as possible because uh, sometimes I just get in my own head. But um, Gigi says, uh, I think I took this on a little bit of a, of a ride here. Um, she asked, <laughs> what was your favorite part of being a coach for Team Mexico? My favorite part of being a coach? Um, it was just being able to work with different players. I mean, I'm a, I'm a teacher at heart. I'm a trainer. I I like working with people and, and giving them the knowledge that I have and, and watching, like watching it like click finally for them. And that's like super rewarding for me. Um, so just being able to give some of my knowledge, cause I'm not, I'm not always the most outspoken person. Um, but, uh, so that was really cool. Just being able to give some of my knowledge to, to players that I, that I hadn't really had a whole lot of opportunity to, to, uh, to talk to before that, before I became a coach or that I wasn't super close to before that. So, so that was pretty cool. Gotcha. Like sort of like a mentor kind of role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just their, their wins are my wins and their, um, their positive outcomes are my positive outcomes. And just to be there for that and to be invited to that. And, um, that was really cool. I mean, they, they made me part of their family and that was really cool. Nice. Crazy how uh the dodgeball will take you, man. And and who you'll 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 meet when other any other circumstance definitely probably would not have met any of these people. Um I'd ask if you have an embarrassing story about Gigi that you could share and you replied <laughs> with um she has none, she lives her life with purpose, so I'll get her. Um she said something <laughs> she talks talk smack about one show I liked and I was like, I will get you for this. I forgot what it was. I just know I owe her. So I got a, got a decent long memory when it comes awesome. to, to grudges, but she is pretty funny. Um, and then she threw you under the bus. So you lost uh, your phone and your stuff on the first day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was just my phone, but that was extremely important. <laughs> I, would, I would say so. Yeah. You probably, you probably want that. Um, that's not something you want to, to lose. Um, so we kind of covered this early already, um, but because Dominic asked it, so did Justin. Um, I do want to see if you can revisit again, um, maybe just a little bit short of an answer this time, but what has driven you to work harder and push yourself further? Um, <clears throat> so, so another, there's actually another layer. To, Excellent. See, to I told you I can't beat this up enough. So yes. <laughs> there's another layer to the whole situation um so i was told that i was that i was let go of rise obviously and um and i was recruited to havoc and i was super excited for the team that i was recruited to play with and super excited to play with the person who recruited me to play with them and what ended up happening was I joined joined Havoc, and and as the months went by and as the tournament came closer and closer, um, we were we were told that the person who recruited me was actually joining Rise, hmm. and that they were basically replacing me, and so that was pretty. I mean that 
kind of cut deep a little bit um, because the entire time that person had been telling us that they were going to be playing with us and they recruited me to that team to play with them and to last second be like, Oh, by the way, I'm not, that was really frustrating. And, and I, I feel like rise probably told them not to say anything or him not to say anything until the last second. And I'm upset about that. Yeah. That's tough. So I don't, I'm not going to name any names, but I am upset about that. And that, and that has also helped keep that fire going. I mean, in the end, I forgive, I forgive them. I forgive everybody involved, but I'm coming. (laughs) But you're you're still (laughs) going to make them pay with dodgeballs. I mean, that's yeah. 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 No, I like it, man. Um, and I think if you are paying attention to these teams, I, I think you can single out exactly who it was. It's it's not it's a no brainer. So we'll just it's leave whatever. It at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, Raquel Stokes asks, um, "Can it be your next project to get me stronger and faster?" <laughs> My next project. Yeah. Um, but he does follow Mark, up with saying, "Can I be like you?" And then also, how much do you charge? How much would you charge to to be his personal trainer? So. You might make it worth your while. <laughs> so I'm going to let you know right now. I, I work like, like mm, close to 60 hours a week. Um, I work at a school for 40, 40 plus hours a week. And then, and then I work as a trainer for um, three hours a day for five days a week. So like, I am pretty busy. I'm pretty busy. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I'm getting more and more clients in and I'm, I'm getting really, really busy to a point where like, I can't even think about training anybody outside of it, unfortunately, but that's, that's what 60 hours a week will do to you. And, and, uh, working like seven in the morning to like seven at night, Monday through Friday. <laughs> Pack days. <clears throat> yeah. Mikhail, yeah it makes, uh... for really, makes for really long days. And then to, to even think about like doing anything else besides just working out, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we can start with having Markel move down here and then we'll talk. Yeah, that would be a good start. That would be a good start. Start coming into the gym. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, as, as a trainer, I don't, I don't know what I would charge just yet. Um, if I was training outside of, outside of my gym, I have no idea. I've never even thought about that. So I mean, <laughs> so- we get we get different rates than, than I would, would get if I did that, but I have a gym here. So <laughs> Yeah, Markel's all boo, sad face. But uh, off some table, Markel, you move here. Uh, maybe I'll let you room with me for a little bit. We can put you through a Alan Stott dodgeball camp, and then uh, I'll indoctrinate him into why the Cowboys are better than the Eagles. So we can solve multi multiple. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, you can kill multiple birds with, with one stone there. So um, this is a good one. So from your perspective, um, so Julian asks one cheat meal a day or one day a week. So I think he's asking about like, is it, what's, what's your diet like and what do you recommend? Um, okay. So, so I would say for anybody who's trying to put on some muscle, I would say that they need to try to at least, um, so they take their weight and they take two thirds of that. And that's the amount of protein that they should have every day, at least. Um, if you, and that's at least, I would go, I would go as far as saying taking in the same amount of grams of protein as, as is your body weight for putting on muscle. 
Um, and then we we want to try to um, eat low carb, obviously. So low carb, very high protein. Um, three meals with snacks in between, uh, and those snacks are high in protein. Um, but the uh, and then also obviously drinking your protein as well. So I, I, a lot of protein. It's very important. Um, but anything over like your your body weight in grams, you're probably just pooping that out. So. Say, <laughs> it out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so to put on some mass, I would say about about your weight in grams of protein. Um, and then for for cheat meals, I I've never had an issue with with putting on weight. Um, I also don't eat as much as I should. <laughs> That's another issue that I have. Um, so, so I t tend to take some pretty epic cheat meals when I, when I, I do, and I, and I tend to do it more frequently than I should probably. Mm. Um, so a lot of it is genetics. A lot of it is obviously hard work. And a lot of it is that I run on like a different motor than a lot of people like like i've said this before like anybody who knows me knows that i spend like two-thirds of my day pacing <laughs> like i'm just constantly going I have, I have a lot of energy and i'm just um that's just how i am and i think because of that that my, my metabolism is really high as well so i i don't do anything too too crazy but i do try to eat healthy for the most part um salad and go i go there all the time actually um i'll get breakfast there and, and and lunch there um a lot too much probably um but it's it's a salad and and it's high in protein and and i enjoy it and it's easy to do so so that's kind of what i've been doing a lot of um i would say one of my more epic cheat meals would be like a 20 ounce steak blue cheese crumbles on it um Sweet potato, um, Parmesan crusted asparagus, and some bread. <laughs> Man, we can go for a steak right now. So <laughs> you you don't yeah. So I uh, I like to go to Longhorn Steakhouse for my uh, cheap meals. <laughs> you used to work there, right? Yeah, I used to work there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so you don't really subscribe to the I'm gonna have one cheat meal a day or one per week. Um, I like that you kind of qualified it with genetics. And then also the fact that you're just constantly on your feet running around. So it's not like everybody's different. Everybody's metabolism is different. Um, everybody's output is different. I'm still trying to figure out mine. Um, that's good. Um, he asks, uh, this is a good one. So is, is overtraining a myth or is it real? And I know if Ketchum was listening, which I think he is, he would say, yes, it's real. Cause he had rhabdo. What's your thought on overtraining? Uh, it's, it's real. I mean, I mean, you can't just keep tearing down the same torn down thing. I mean, <laughs> at, at some point it's, it's gonna, you're going to get hurt. Um, so overtraining is definitely real. I mean, you have to give yourself time to heal. You have to, you have to be eating enough protein. You have to, you have to have rest, you have to sleep. I know nobody, <laughs> nobody loves doing that. No, but, uh, you have to get rest. Um, so yeah, I mean you can definitely overtrain. I um I like to just do very vigorous training, not a super long period of time. And that's that's how I do it. I just do very vigorous training. Sometimes I'll do multiple workouts a day, but that was 
when I wasn't hurt. But, um, so yeah. So what, uh, I mean, overtraining is, um, what, what exactly is overtraining? Is it, I ran a mile, I'm, I'm gassed, I'm tired, I don't feel good, wah, I'm no, a little hurt. Overtraining or... is, is the beginning of like an injury, um, which, which you can do. I mean, your muscles can only go so far, they can only tear so much. It's like, I've, I've had points where, especially actually when I started doing 100 pushups, I, I was probably overtraining a little bit. Um, my, my left pec was like super big and swollen and my right one just looked normal. And, and I was doing pushups every day and it was, it was hurting a little bit and it was just like, had this, like, I don't know, just swelling to it. Um, obviously wasn't muscle, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I was overtraining actually, actually early on with, with the pushups and I've had some issue with that. I've had some issue with, with where I've overtrained my biceps and, and I can't straighten them. Like I have to literally force and force them straightened and then they're super swollen. And, and so you can definitely overtrain because think about it this way. If you train something to the point where it's like, you are so, so sore the next day, when's the next day you can train that thing? Like if I mean, you if have to wait a while. Long, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't want to keep hitting that same spot if you're already super sore you have to wait a long time so you're cutting down on on possible reps that you could be putting in in the gym by overtraining sometimes i wonder if if people don't understand what overtraining means though because obviously you want to push your body to muscle failure you want it to feel that fatigue you want to feel like your soul just left your body but when you get to the Mm -hmm. point when and and that's just the way it goes that that's a good workout like if you're not sore the next day or, or the following day um, you probably didn't push yourself hard enough, but yeah, if you're getting to the point where your body's seizing up or, I mean, catching went nine miles an hour, nonstop, got no rest and ended up going to the, to the freaking hospital. Like your body will tell you, like you will know I'm overtraining versus I'm just uncomfortable. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. I imagine if you had to fold your arm or extend your arm on your, with another arm, you're, you're, you're pretty much, okay, you should probably take it easy. Right. That's, yeah. that's yeah. overtraining. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, also just deciding to work out the same things day after day after day. Like, like I love doing working out chest. I always, I always have, I like benching. And like when I was younger, I would bench all the time, but that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to allow those time for your body to repair itself. I mean, otherwise you're just continuing to tear it down. And, and when you work out the same thing all the time, then you end up giving yourself so many weaknesses physically, so many other weaknesses physically. Like, like for me, it would have been, it would have been legs and, and, and even core strength. I mean, I was, I was skinny, so you could see some abs, but I core strength wasn't super good. Um, so there was a lot of things that, that I needed to work on. And, and just by not training the same thing every day and being consistent and not skipping leg day, um, <laughs> then you can, then, then yeah, then you're good. <laughs> then you're not going to overtrain. I mean, as long as you're, you're spreading out what you're working on. Like today I'm working on, I'm working on, um, back and biceps tomorrow. I'm going to work on legs and shoulders. Uh, the, the day after that, I'm going to work on, um, I'm going to work on triceps and chest. And then you break it up that way and maybe do core every single day, not like crazy amounts of core every single day, but like 
work core into your workouts as well. And if, and if you can do like, like chest and tricep workouts that also hit core even better, you know? So I would say you could train core just about every day. And I would break the other ones up into like maybe, maybe two, two parts of your body at a time per day. And this is, I mean, this is your perspective. This is you knowing your body. This is you, like, this is how you've been training. You know, this works for you, right? I mean, that's not everyone's going to be able to follow your pace. Not everyone's going to like, we're not trying to pass this off as physical fitness advice. Um, I think Sergio probably needs to do some research and figure out what he's capable of doing. Um, what I was saying about the whole limitations is like, most of us probably don't push ourselves to the point of actual overtraining. I, I don't, I think we just give up before we get to that point. And I think, um, yeah. I think that might be, cause I remember Sergio had, had posted something or quoted something that I think it came from that psycho David Goggins or Jocko Willing, where it's like, train until you're tired. And then when you're tired, you've got like, I don't know, 40% more output left. Um, yes and no, like in basic training, the, the drill sergeants would push us to our most extreme limits, but they're all self-imposed. Like, wow, my lungs are burning because I've, <laughs> I haven't run two miles in a long time, but they know from all the hundreds of soldiers that they've pushed through, they can kind of an idea. They can kind of have an idea of who's actually going to pass out and drop versus who's just being a little weak-minded. So dramatic. <laughs> exactly. In my case, dramatic, uh, which I am very, very, very happy to be dramatic all the time. But, um, but I know like th there's been times where I've hit a wall. I'm like, I think I need to stop because if I don't, I'm going to hurt myself. And this is not where I want to be. I want to be, I want to show up tomorrow. So I know that, um, I mean, there, there's the ball out podcast. They, they go into this way into the sciences and the weeds. And I, and I think, um, as much as I want to nerd out with you, um, I would definitely recommend listening to them or hopping on their podcast and exchanging ideas. Cause I'm not a trainer. Um, and it's weird cause it's almost, I almost want to say that the, I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me speech. Um, but what I liked is I've known you since 2010. I've seen this transformation and not, not just this most recent one. I mean, I've, I've seen you as, as a child when we talked about in our, our interview back in 2017. And, um, it's just cool seeing this, this different style of you. And so some of the questions that Sergio had asked, I don't want to get too into the weeds about them. Um, maybe he can message you and other and others and figure out again, what works for him. Cause I don't know who else is going to listen to this and go hurt themselves tomorrow. I definitely don't want that on my hands because <laughs> You're, you're a different animal. I mean, I, I would give you a hard time on Facebook. I still do sometimes where you, you post like, Oh, I'm injured, but I'm, I'm going to play dodge. I'm like, dude, stop it. Like you, you want to walk when you're 40, like knock it off. And you're like, I can't, I play dodgeball like no other. I'm like, Oh God, Alan, like <laughs> yeah, there he goes. You can't stop this kid. And then talking about all the energy that you have. I remember in bogeys every night, you know, just all over the place. You're never in one spot for more than two seconds. Like you, you just, you, there's something special about you that you just, you don't stop. Um, but I digress. Um, let me see if there's any, um, actually it's funny because Sergio's other question was, uh, when the pandemic is over, favorite bar in AZ and why it's gotta be bogeys, right? Like, come on. Is that, yeah, yeah, we, we can do, we can do bogeys. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, uh, not much of a, of a drinker though. <laughs> <laughs> for the no, rest of that you, part. your quote but, uh, i don't know if i if i said this uh in the last episode but you came up to me one time this is when i was still coming up in tucson with all my little tucson hooligans and 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 oh god we're, we're being graced by alan what what alan are we getting today and you're like steve i need two things right now sex and ketchup oh, gosh. 
and I'm <laughs> all out of because I, that is ingrained in my mind, man. And I, I have to make you pay for that. <laughs> like it's just. Uh, and that's why I don't do those things anymore. Well, I would hope so. I mean, you're also, you know, an adult. Uh, you were probably what 19 back then. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't do a lot of the stuff I used to do at bogeys anymore either. So I guess we've all learned. But uh, yeah, sir Joe, that that's a that's a Pandora's box. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, oh, he's, he's talking. I think he's talking about like the one tournament that he came down for as well. Um, yeah, the uh, Harry Potter one. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun one. But um, the one I wanted to ask from Sergio. So, and this is going back to getting yourself out of a rut, getting yourself into a good mindset. One thing I noticed about you two several months ago before you started doing the push ups, we started doing photography a lot. And I always be like, who the heck is taking this picture? Like, you just you get these epic, like, selfies. I'm like, but how? Um, are you still doing that? And what, what did that do for you? Um, that was like, that was a really good release for me. Um, it got me out in, it got me out in nature. Um, it, I was, I was hanging out with, with people who, who wanted to be outdoors a lot more. And, and I've always been very like uncomfortable with taking pictures. It's, it's like an anxiety thing. I don't know. It's not just like taking pictures like with people or like getting out my camera and being like, Hey, let's take a picture. I mean, that, that always made me uncomfortable too. But like even just taking pictures in front of people made me uncomfortable. It was a weird anxiety. Hmm. Um, and because of that, like I never took pictures like ever. And, and I've always loved art and, and I felt like I was missing out on so many memories with like people and with, and like places that I'd gone and stuff because I just wouldn't take pictures because somebody might be watching me take the picture. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. It was like the stupidest anxiety about yeah. that. And, and I one day just decided, Hey, you know what? I want to start like, remembering some of these things and seeing some of these things and being able to like instantly reminisce back to these things. Like, you know, I, I have been on a bunch of trips. Like I've gone a lot of places with dodgeball and I've done a lot of things now. And it's like, I didn't document it as I should have. And, and it was a good out like art outlet for me as well. And so I just started taking pictures and, and just going places to take pictures literally like I'm going to go take pictures here. And that wasn't something that I would have ever done before. Um, and so, yeah, I, I started to fall in love with it a little bit and I started to fall in love with the, the art of it. I mean, I always thought that like photography wasn't, wasn't really much of an art <laughs> just because, I mean, it's, you're using this camera to take the picture. I mean, you're not necessarily making the picture as far as, as far as that goes, but there's a definite art to it and I just didn't understand it. And, um, and I appreciate it and enjoy it a lot now. So, um, so that's something that I started doing. Um, I do it less nowadays because I'm just really busy now. Right. Um, and that's, that's the big thing. I mean, if, if I was to get out in nature and, and do something, then, then I'll, I would definitely take a picture or video and post it. That's just, uh, that's just what I've been doing on Instagram. But since I've just been working and working out, that's what my Instagram is right now. <laughs> So, I mean, people use it. Like I said, you, you got me out of bed that one morning and you know, who, who knows what that's done for the people. And 
I did kind of appreciate stalking you when you were doing these these photos. It seems like, yeah, Arizona is pretty. Yeah, Gilbert's okay, and and so on and so forth. And what I like about it is, and with Instagram, is that you get to see somebody else's perspective for a few seconds if you follow their stories or that day, or you get to celebrate or share and a highlight for them. Um, now, if you're just doing nothing but like the meal you ate or the or the food you correct you cooked, then okay, you're boring. But um, for the most part, it's cool and. It's funny because I, I kind of had the mentality too. It's like photography, how hard is it? I mean, you just point the the thing and, and push a button, then boom, picture. But uh, obviously, you know, there's way more that goes that goes into it than that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously stalking you on Facebook so or on, on Instagram. So looking forward to to more motivational posts and and some stuff to show, you know, Arizona through your perspective. Um, yeah, actually, um, you know part of the one of the reasons that I started taking like so many pictures as well is like Gigi actually I would I would send her pictures of like the of the like scenery and stuff in Arizona and that was actually one of the reasons that I kind of started like taking a little bit more pictures as well I just I wanted her to see what Arizona looked like and and what I don't know what the nature was like here so I would send her pictures every now and again and uh so she kind of helped motivate me to do that more which is pretty cool so yeah, you never know who's uh who's paying attention and, and what it's doing for yeah. the people. So, um, one thing I, I'm glad Sergio asked this because it it's a good um, it's a good topic too on this journey of yours. So you took a you took a trip to go see Chris Bell. Um, Sergio asks most enlightening most enlightening moment when it comes to training with Chris Bell on your recent trip. Um, so I'm going to go at a different angle with that one. So first, go ahead and answer that first part. What was the best moment or most enlightening moment training with with, Dara, with Chris? Um, well, I loved his gym. His gym was awesome. And it was like the first time that I was able to, to lift heavy, like at all, basically, because I'd been doing everything at home. And then I went to Chris's gym and it's like, this is the $30,000 gym. Holy cow. Wow. And, um, <laughs> so it was kind of like a, a little bit of gym shock for me. I didn't know exactly where to start. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bench heavy because I hadn't done that in such a long time. Um, no, but there, there were definitely some things that I noticed. Um, I, I like how he kind of structured the workouts. Um, that was pretty cool. He, he had a really like close focus on, on form on like, the, the way that, that like when you're doing a pulling workout, like the, the amount of pressure that you put in like certain fingers matters. And same thing with like pressing things like, like you're, if you're going to press something, it should be like the pressure should be on the, the inside two fingers right here when pushing. Hmm. And if you're going to pull something, it should be, the pressure should be on the outside two fingers. And that just kind of helps engage those muscles differently. And that was something that he taught me. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Um, so I learned that from Chris. Um, I also learned that I have an abnormally strong chest and a weak back. <laughs> so, so that was an enlightening moment. Um, thank you, uh, Chris, for harping on that a lot. <laughs> he's, he, he told me my posture was garbage. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he savored, he savored that. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, it's, it's not fair. Your chest is so strong and your posture is so garbage. You have no back, but you can bench so much. <laughs> That's oh, a man. that's definitely a Chris Bell like backhanded burn slash compliment. You just yeah, can't get... yeah, yeah. So, so that was just I don't I don't know. I just realized at that point that my my back was kind of weak and I needed to work on that a little bit. So that was cool. 
also like just seeing the lifestyle of a trainer and and just seeing kind of like what went into it and then um i also trained with with a guy kenny who um who did some stuff at nationals for rise so he came to nationals and did some stuff with us so i trained with him in salt lake as well um and and talked to him about how i was ending up becoming a trainer and he and he gave me some some advice and that was pretty cool um so yeah that that trip in general was really really cool and it was something that i needed and like it was it was cool because it was outside of dodgeball and it was like just something that i just picked up and decided to do and that's not like me that's like way out of my comfort zone at least it was like way out of my comfort zone to to just pick up and go and and to do a big trip like that 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 isn't at least partially planned out for me you know i i just so that was really cool and i and i made it a long trip i mean i had several stops like i, I went camping in uh in flagstaff for like a night or two and then i and then i went up to zion's national park and was there with chris for a night and then we went to um and then we went back to to salt lake and i stayed at chris's house and and worked out all week and and it may, maybe even stayed for like two weeks. I was there for a while. <laughs> nice. so, so that was really cool. Yeah. And that goes back to, you know, taking everything that 2020 has thrown at us um, as, as a collective, we've all gone through this weird shutdown, all like all of our plants out the door. And then each of us have our own individual uh, demons that we're fighting. Um, whatever it is, you know, just, just, just stuff that's causing pain. Right. But to be able to utilize that, turn into fuel, use it as an excuse to get out of your comfort zone, use it as an excuse and motivation to transform your body, but then just do something for yourself. Like, you know, you hear the term self-love and you see that thrown all over Instagram and Facebook, um, when it comes to, you know, how to pull yourself out of some dark spots. But I feel like that that's a pretty good example of that. You know, you just, you said you did something you don't, don't normally do. You, you drove up to Utah, which is gorgeous country again, stalked you a little bit on the, on the, on the Instagram, but you did something that, you know, you can, you can do that again now it's easier. And it makes you wonder what else is out there. You know, how hard is it to just pick up and take off for a couple of days and, and go see what the world has to offer now that you've done it once. Right. It's not hard at all. It really isn't. And I have like, I have like a fall break coming up that's two weeks long. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to be doing some training during that time. I'm going to be training people. So I, it won't be as open as I, would have liked it to have been, but, but maybe, maybe Christmas break, I might open that up a little bit and maybe do a little bit of traveling. Maybe. I don't know. But that's a good problem to have. You're doing something that yeah. you, you put yourself on this path. Like, Oh, the plans I've done that I've laid out are actually impacting with my other plans. That's kind of a cool thing. Like this is where I'm at now. Yeah. So cool, man. Um, couple questions real quick ones. Uh, Sergio Stott Jersey, how much? <laughs> I mean, and which one? I mean, I think he's got to specify, right? If this is a, what was your first team? Um, I'm thinking like, Harbinger. Like, yeah, if it was like a Harbinger t jersey, lots of money, right? 80 bucks at least. <laughs> that was such a long time ago. And that, that jersey is kind of small on me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was a Harbinger and then it was like Rampage and Headhunters, like a bunch of Rampage and Headhunters and then, um, and then Rise. So yeah, he got to specify Sergio and then, um, Markel Stokes asked if you like pinch. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, so I'll just accept a simple yes or no. Um, I like pinch, but I'm not gonna. But I'm not gonna pinch. <laughs> I like enough. pinch because it's more dodgeball, and and 
and I mean like it's cool that that all of a sudden like you guys got super good arms that's really cool um but I'm gonna like come after you with my straight ball for sure and one thing that people don't realize about about pinch is, is that they rely so much on the power of their arm and not the accuracy and they're gonna throw at weird times and not play necessarily how they normally would with 8.5 and they're gonna not wait for backup and things like that and i'm gonna chase you down and i'm gonna throw normal and you're not gonna expect that i'm gonna hit you out because i'm gonna be right next to you and that was just kind of how i play pinch always is i play a straight game i play a heavy counter and and you guys can miss me have fun <laughs> fair enough uh connor he asks uh who hurt you connor if you're listening if you got to this point i think you know the answer so let's just skip that one <laughs> Um, is that, is that Lou? Connor Lou? Connor Lou, yeah. Okay. So I had a anonymous question. Uh, I had to write it down. Give me a second, pull it up here. Um, which is good because it allows me to transition to more serious note, and then we'll end it on a high note. So, um, Question is, um, why did he, uh, well, why did you stick around rise as long as you did, um, when they try to replace you right away? And I think you kind of talked about with, with your loyalty and dedication to the team, but, um, did you want to add to that? I don't want to answer it for you. Huh. In other words. Wow. And this is, and this is one of those, um, it's an anonymous one. Yep because it, I wasn't aware that they were trying to replace me right away. I may have been informed years later by somebody who was drunk. So I didn't take it into, into account. Mm. But I wasn't informed by, by a sober person right away or early on in rise. So that's why I stuck around. And I, and that's what I usually, that's what that's, I'm very loyal to teams. I mean, I was I was on Rampage for years, and I was almost the last remaining Rampage player from the original teams. I remember. And, oh, good. And, and one, one second. And, and we went into a 10K tournament, and we didn't have a team, so we built it from scratch. I rebuilt the team, and then I left. But, like, I didn't owe the team anything more at that point. Right. You know? Left to get better i left to learn the game i mean i was i was at a point where i felt like i was teaching the game a lot and i wanted to wanted to continue to learn and i knew that the one place i could do that would be would be rise at the time so that's why i went there and then like i said i is this is knowledge to me if this is a true statement so gotcha this is new knowledge to me <laughs> yeah i remember when um when you left to rise, there, sorry, there's a little bit of a, a lag earlier. Um, when you left to rise, it's like, I wonder how that's going to work because the way Alan plays is like controlled chaos. I, I used to describe it as give a Raptor a dodgeball. That's Alan just all over the place, jumping fast, quick, acrobatic. It's weird. doesn't really fit the rise program. Right. And then what they produced was someone that would take all that chaos and hone it in. I was like, huh, well, that's scary. Good on them. Um, so that, that was something I always kind of thought was like, not a shock. I just didn't, I didn't see that coming. Um, it was a really weird fit. 
it was. I mean, even from the very start, it was a weird fit. But, I mean, they had respect for my game, and I obviously had respect for their team and for their knowledge of the sport. But um, it didn't work perfectly right off the bat, that's for sure. Um, but I, I also had to change a lot of my game to fit to fit rise and and because of that like opportunities where i'd be able to play a different game like with a different team like during co-ed sometimes you see a different version of me so yeah so you had said you know when you left you felt rise can teach you some things i mean it it'd be fair to say mission accomplished right you did learn a lot playing with them like everything as far as like just strategy and just timing and I mean, everything really, um, even with, with working hard to, to get your goals. I mean, we, as a team, the year that we won that championship with 2018, we, we worked hard as a team. We had training camps. That was, that was the first year people are seeing training camps from rise and, and we were working out every day and we were just running through strategy and that there's no way that team wasn't going to be a championship team. We were, we had it in our mind. We knew that it was going to happen. And, and, uh, we went and did it. So, I mean, I, I learned almost everything about dodgeball from them. Nice. And I, I would actually say that most people, everything that they know about dodgeball, so much of it has come from rise. Oh, that's without a doubt. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the first team that had full on uniforms. They were one of the first teams that actually had practices. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it'd be, it's, I think it's fair to say that they, that there's a lot that teams have gotten because of, of rise and, and the, uh, what they set forth. But, um, I was going to say something else, but I just got distracted by my own thoughts. Because I'm thinking about like all the times I'd be talking to to Tim and Jim off, I say offline, off the court. I'm just like, man, these guys have so much dang knowledge about the sport. It's insane. But um, I, I would say more than anything, it would be be Tim and Serge. I mean, Jim Jim knows knows his position. And he knows how to play that. But I would say that the real like just knowledge for the game is is Tim and Serge. Yeah. They got a doctor on their team, so that'll do it. Um, well, I think that's all I have, man. Let me uh, let me pull up the Austin Deeks joke. It's been a minute since we've had one of these. Um, so he says, "Total dad joke." To the person that stole my glasses, I will find you. I have contacts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. I don't know if you're if you're listening this late, but uh appreciate you always coming in clutch, man. Um sometimes I, I ask him in advance, sometimes I just do it after the fact, but he's always there, so I appreciate it. But uh good stuff, man. I appreciate you hopping on and you know, it was good to kind of just hey, you know what, we laid the foundation at least up until twenty eighteen. Definitely an opportunity to call back to that episode two years ago and see how much you've matured. But one of the biggest things I liked and, and I really honed in on as much as I could without sounding like a broken record. And I'll probably do it again. is just for, for 2020 being what it is. Um, it's awesome to see you come out of it with a lot of positives and a good attitude and it's inspiring. I mean, it's, I feel like we, we need a lot of that now. I'm not, I'm trying to 
speak for everybody, but just it's always good to see people get on this drive and get motivated when uh, they have every excuse to just be down on themselves. So good job, man. It's 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 cool to see. And as you already know, I creep on your Instagram, so I'm looking forward to seeing more. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the what this conversation looks like, you know, next year when you're playing again, and and we'll go from there. So. Alrighty. Thanks for playing along, man. But uh, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right. So that was kind of fun. Um, like I had said in the beginning, you know, I, I, I tried my best to kind of stay away from people that had been featured on previous podcasts already, just so I can give other people a chance to kind of talk, you know, tell their story and, and talk about dodgeball. But, um, you know, it's, it's been a couple of years and it's good to be able to, to touch base with somebody, catch up and focus on a topic, but also just kind of dive right into crowdsource questions or just go wherever the conversation does. Um, so I'll probably be doing a lot of that again, or I guess a lot of that moving forward. And, um, I really didn't want to spend too much time on the actual technical aspects of, of, of weightlifting, of training. Um, by no means am I certified anything. Um, I just do what people that know more than me tell me. And so with that being said, you know, Alan, I appreciate the advice you gave. Um, for anybody that's 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 listening, that's looking to train, I mean, we have this amazing dodgeball fit to win group that Miles Gardner started. We have the Ball Out podcast with with uh, Brett and Miles, um, Brett Hatwin, and I mean, there's people that are taking this so seriously that uh, you can get the answers from professionals, legitimate professionals. So if you haven't listened to the Ball Out podcast, I highly recommend you do so. There's also Body by Brenda. Brenda Kramer is a beast. Um, the greatest thing about this, well, one of the greatest things about this community is there's something, there's somebody doing something out there in the professional field, whether it's bodybuilding, accounting, financial planning. I mean, you name it, somebody out there who plays dodgeball, who loves it as much, if not more than you do, it's out there. So um, with that being said, if you have questions that were not really um, answered in this conversation, by all means, please seek those out. Um, what I wanted to do again was just kind of focus on the mental aspect on, on what what it takes to get somebody to take all this negative stuff and turn into a positive. And I hope that that's, that was the main theme of, of this episode. Plus it was good catching up to Alan. I've known this kid for about 10 years and, uh, it's always, it's always a joy seeing him on the dodgeball court, which has been, um, well over a year now. So thank you COVID. But, um, anyway, I'm rambling is past my bedtime. And, uh, yeah. So if you're with me, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for submitting your questions. Thank you for joining me on the uh, live feed on Twitch. It's great to be back. Justin, Sergio, thank you so much for carrying the weights of the Dodgeball podcast while I was uh, moving into my new house. And uh, for everybody else, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. stamp um let me go ahead and kill the stream because i'm about to get all emotional and we don't want that live so <laughs> okay